Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you will. I'd like you to go to Matthew chapter 24 tonight. Matthew chapter 24. And as you're going there, as you're making your way there, I want to read a scripture over us tonight out of the Passion Translation in Psalm. Psalm chapter 44. You're welcome, Kathy. 44 verse 3. The Passion Translation, Psalm verses 44, verse 3. That's correct. I did tell you to go to Matthew 24, so I'm going to make it there, I promise. But I just want to release this word over the house tonight. Our forefathers didn't win these battles by their own strength or their own skill or strategy. Our forefathers did not win these battles by their own strength or their own skill or strategy, but it was through the shining forth of your radiant presence and the display of your mighty power. You love to give them victory, and you took great delight in them. Isn't that powerful? So powerful. Before we get going tonight, I just I recognize and realize there's a huge opportunity right before us right now in this window of time that we could either give up into despair, we can move into hopelessness, or we can absolutely shift ourselves into the realm of faith, into the realm of impossibility, and step into all that God has for us. Come on. Come on. Leonard Ravenhill was the one who said the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. Are you hearing me tonight? Your prayers have not been in vain whatsoever. Your intercession has not been in vain. We are in the process of an extraordinary breakthrough and victory and triumph in the United States of America God is not finished. And what he, what he starts, He does finish. Come on. Thank you, Cody. Come on. I'm saying tonight, folks, this is no time to retreat. This is no time to give in to despair or faithlessness or anything like that. Don't make room for that in your life. Move in the realm of faith. And how you're going to increase your faith in this hour is by pursuing God in the place of prayer where you can get ignited afresh in the place of prayer. Amen? Yes. Getting before the Lord. So, mighty encouragement to you. This is no time to be silent. Amen? Yes. Don't be silent. Amen. Don't be silent. It's time to be bold. I'm in Matthew chapter 24. And I don't know how long I'm going to go tonight, but we're going to we're going to transition this meeting in a little while into a prayer meeting. We're going to be spending some time tonight praying over the United States of America. How about we do that? Amen. I want to speak to you about two things tonight. I want to speak to you about time and I want to speak to you about eternity. If you're taking notes tonight, I want to talk to you about time and I want to talk to you about eternity. Father, again, we just thank you for the anointing upon the word. Let it be released like fire in Jesus' name. Amen. Light the fire, Holy Spirit. Light the fire in this house. Hallelujah. Jesus said these words in verse 35 of Matthew 24. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. I want us to look now at 2 Corinthians of the words of the Apostle Paul in chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about time and eternity. The Apostle Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, he says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There's 
This is an appointment that actually no one on earth can escape. No one's going to be exempt from this meeting. There will be no excuses. There will be total accountability before the throne of God. We will all appear before the judgment seat, and each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Wow. Is that sobering? The greatest hope in this hour, ladies and gentlemen, for the the great United States of America is a true, pure, burning revival where we turn to the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and all of our strength, that we would truly be a prodigal nation that would return unto the throne of God. One day we will all stand before the judgment seat and we will give an account for our lives, for how we gave our lives in our times, in our seasons, upon our watch, we will give an open accountability before God. And I'll tell you what, that is sobering. That puts the fear of the Lord God in me. It's only been 10 days. We're at January 30th. Can you believe this? We're at January 30th. It's been 10 days since the inauguration of January the 20th. I have to be very honest with you. There's no way I could stand before you, accurately try to articulate or express to you the burning fire that I feel inside of my heart over the vile wickedness and corruption and the spirit of death that is being propagated out of the Oval Office at the White House right now. There's no way. There's no way for me to be able to describe to you. I feel the pain. We feel the pain. We are still in process. I have cried rivers of tears for our country. I believe you have too. I'm still feeling the pain. I'm still in the secret place with the Lord asking many, many questions. I want to take us back just 10 days ago. 10 days ago, for the very first time in America's history, we saw for the first time on Inauguration Day, 25,000 military troops seal up the Washington Mall, where normally hundreds of thousands would have stood, like I did four years ago when President Donald John Trump was sworn in, took his oath of office to protect, to preserve, preserve, to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. I was there. I was not far from the podium to watch him take that oath of office that day. But for the very first time here in the United States, We saw 25,000 troops sitting up walls, sitting up gates, so that there was literally no access to the actual mall. And we saw a picture of the mall filled with American flags and somehow saluting our country. How many remember that? How many of you saw that? That's right. And how many of you knew that those flags that stood on the grounds that day could be purchased for a certain amount and all proceeds went to Planned Parenthood. Do your fact check. It's true. We are coming to a time. The prophet Isaiah said these words. We we know these words... They burn in our spirit. He says, darkness is going to cover the earth. There's even deep darkness that's going to actually be covering and falling on the people. But he said, the glory of the Lord is actually going to begin to arise and be seen upon you. 
And nations are actually going to begin to come to your light because of the burning, radiant presence of God resting on you. The hour is going to become so dark, so bleak, the darkness on the people is going to become so intense, so twisted, so perverted, so immoral, immoral, that when people look upon the children, the sons and daughters of God, They're going to see the radiant glory of God shining on their countenance. Darkness is escalating in the earth, my friends. It's escalating in the earth. It's escalating in the minds and in the hearts of men at a very rapid pace. A very rapid pace. There is a, I would call it, there is a demonic inspiration that is brewing over the masses. And it wasn't that long ago when we saw a level of brewing demonic inspiration come upon a, a nation within Germany, within the Third Reich, with, with Adolf Hitler himself, where the Third Reich literally began to do things to Jewish people that takes a demonic anointing and a demonic inspiration to begin to inquire. It's like the minds of men couldn't even go that far. They had to have demonic inspiration for what they began to spawn on the land. We are at another crossroads in time, in time. Of the history of humanity, folks, where it is getting very dark quickly. We are coming to a time where Jesus taught us about in Matthew 13, where he answered these questions and he told his disciples that we were racing to a time that would be called the end of the age. And one of the signs of the end of the age would be a great and glorious harvest that would happen because the wheat and the tares would come to full harvest. A harvest is what? A harvest is when a seed goes into the ground, begins to germinate itself, dies within the soil, begins to spring forth life, and then grows into the fullness of its maturity. And when the farmers look out and see the fullness of the stock, They know the time as harvest has now come. Jesus said this time would come. This harvest before the end of the age where the wheat and the tares would grow up. And he said, interestingly enough, he said that the father would send forth his angels, angels as the reapers to separate for him that which was the tares to be bound up and thrown into the everlasting fire, but to gather the wheat into the barn for the celebration of the kingdom of the Father had come. We are racing towards that time. Go ahead and give him praise. Go ahead. We are racing towards that time. We are watching something unfold amongst our government. Many in government are openly rebelling against God. They're openly rebelling against God. They're trying to remove or cast out the word of God from our national society. They see the word of God as a bondage. They see the word of God as a, as a slavery or as a, 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 a hindrance to them. Many reject the word and the ways of God. So why? So that they can embrace a humanistic centerpiece of their own life. A humanistic government. An immorality. An adultery. Worshiping themselves. What does worshiping yourself look like? It means fighting with all of your might to have all the self-indulgences that you want. That you call them your rights. No matter the cost. People that will do anything to come out from underneath the reins of the word and the declaration of God. I remind you tonight, Proverbs chapter 6, reading out of the New King James Version. Proverbs 6, verse 16. The word of God says this. It says these six things the Lord hates. 
Yes, even are an abomination to him. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. Are we seeing this in this hour? Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness that speaks lies. And one who sows discord among the brethren. We talked about this last week. We talked about how the Lord was anointed above all supremely by the oil of gladness because he hated lawlessness, but he loved righteousness. And these are the things that God says that he hates. The running to evil, the shedding of innocent blood. I don't know how it touches you. I don't know how it pains you. When we watch day after day, only in 10 days, what is being authorized in the Oval Office, especially when it comes to our precious, innocent little children. I don't know how it pierces you, my friend, but I'm telling you, it pierces me with everything within me. That we would have a leader who would even relegate to spawn global abortion using our taxpayer money. It is absolutely deplorable. Don't leave me up here alone tonight. There are vile rulings. Brian, get to the good news. I will. Just stay with me. We watch the news, Brian. I know you do. Stay with me. There are vile rulings. There is legislature being set in place right now against, purposely set against human life. Purposely set against human life. Our human nature. Gender. God's covenant biblical plan for marriage. They are indoctrinating our children against the ways of God, my friend. It is ominous, the darkness that is coming at us. And I'm telling you, my dear friends, we have our work cut out for us in this hour. That's why, as the remnant church, we must be in the place of burning continual prayer day and night, night and day, Day and night, night and day, so that we can begin to deal with these forces of darkness. They desire to silence anyone who opposes them, my friend. Their idea of unity is bulldozing anyone who is in opposition. It doesn't matter who it is. They desire to bulldoze anyone who has an opposing view. Everything that is happening in America right now that God said never do this, we are doing it right now. And I will say again, you cannot mock the throne of God and think that you're not going to reap judgment and corruption. You cannot do it. I want you to write this down tonight. This is a big point and it's very plain to see. You cannot have peace in a nation when you make war with God. You cannot have peace in a nation when you make war against God or you seemingly mock His throne. We are a nation right now that is divided against Himself. And we know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22. Jesus said, a house divided against itself, it cannot what? It cannot stand. We have an An hour upon us where we are seeing the leadership of reprobate minds. Seared consciousness. A hypocrisy, a a place of hypocrisy that's so seared, there's not even a level of good consciousness. It is what the Bible calls a reprobate mind. What does that look like? When, When Joe Biden... And Kamala Harris, 10 days, laid their left hand on the Bible. 
they laid their left hand on the Bible, but then they took their right hand and they signed bills to go against the Word of God and took a, a, a stance of warfare against the Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a reprobate mind. It's vile. When you place your hand on the Bible, that declares. What does the Bible declare? It declares and decrees that human life from conception is sacred and holy before a holy God, creator God. It is sacred and holy before Him. You lay your hand on that Bible and then you move forward immediately to murder, kill, destroy babies all the way up to their birth. And then push the limits to now move us back into international global territory for leading the world for abortion. I'm telling you what, there is a judgment coming from Almighty God that nobody can stop. You can't lay your hand on the Bible. You can't just use God. You can't just create all your pomp and your theater all of your theater and lay hands on the Bible and then try to work to suppress and censor the very Word of God and then censor His messengers from preaching the Gospel. You can't mock God and get away with it. You can't mock the throne of God. Do you understand, folks? You can't mock the throne of God. Tonight I'm talking to you about time and eternity. I'm going to talk to you about things that will never endure. And I'm going to talk to you about the things that will endure for all eternity. Because the future belongs to the righteous. We're going to see these wicked people go just like grass in the wind one day. I'm looking forward to it. That's right, I said it. You can't lay your hand on the Bible and then enact laws that will remove all and just totally disregard the distinction that God has made in His Holy Word concerning male and female. You can't do it. You cannot keep fighting against what heaven has already preordained. You can't keep on fighting against what heaven has already preordained, my Lord. I'll say tonight, they lay their hand on a Bible. They give us theater. They give us words. But then they sign laws to enact and neutralize, literally neutralize the protection of religious freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why this nation was born and birthed. Our founding fathers and mothers fled from the tyranny of affliction because of their faith. They could not worship. They could not do what we did tonight in this place and feel the glory that we have beheld and felt in this house tonight. They couldn't do it. They fled to this land. To establish a covenant with God that we would worship Him and Him alone. And that He would always be the Lord God Almighty over the United States of America. How do we have people that name the name of Christ? They make the sign of the cross, right? And yet they're so driven and possessed by a destroyer spirit. They... It's like they race and run to sin. It's exactly what I just read. God hates those who race and run to do evil and to spawn and hatch evil all the more. They have reprobate minds, debased minds. The agenda of these leaders is going to fail and fall in, fall in upon them. Hardcore. They're here today and gone tomorrow. But Jesus said this, my word stands forever. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. 
You're going to see people come and go. You're going to see the applause of men come and go. You're going to see the agenda of men come and go. But Jesus said, one thing you can count on in this hour, my friend, the word of the Lord will endure forever and ever and ever and ever. And 10,000 years from now, I'm going to be very much alive looking at you right in the face in the, in the kingdom. Come worshiping Jesus saying, that's right. The word of the Lord endures forever. Who are these people? Who are these God-haters? Who are these God-mockers that think they're so powerful, so elite, untouchable, they can just do anything that they think they want, and God's just going to bite His tongue and wink at them? No, no, no. When Paul, in Romans chapter 1, you can look at it with me, when Paul wrote about these types of people, Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul wrote that they don't even like to retain God in their knowledge. I'm in verse 28. They don't even like to retain God in their knowledge. So God gave them over to a debased mind, a reprobate mind, to do all the things that were not fitting, being filled with unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent. They're proud. They're boasters, undiscerning. They're untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Those aren't my words. Those are God's words. Do you all see that? Not only do the same, but they also approve of those who practice them. I'm going to say this in the fear of the Lord to you, ladies and gentlemen, my dear friends. I'm saying this in the fear of the Lord. We are in a very, very dangerous place in the United States. We are at a very volatile place in this country. We are about to see great judgment before our very eyes upon the wicked. Moses wrote about this. Moses wrote about it in Psalm 91, verses 5 through 8. I want you to look at it with me. He writes these words. He said, you'll not be scared or afraid by the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and you'll see the reward of the wicked. Oh, oh, I'm ready for the days of reward to be passed out. I'm ready for trophies and medals and medallions to be passed out. We are in a day, ladies and gentlemen, we've been saying it and saying it and saying it. We are marching up Mount Carmel right now. We are entering into the hour of the divine confrontation where the true God will manifest saying, I am the Lord your God. I'm the God over America. I will have this nation. We're going to see the reward of the wicked. You're going to behold it. And don't be afraid of this hour. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God will keep you. He'll keep you in the night hour. God will keep your sleep full of peace and your rest comforted by the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
Ladies and gentlemen, rewards are coming to the righteous. Rewards are coming to the righteous. And rewards are coming to the wicked. It's a good day. It's a good day. Hallelujah. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, I'm the new sheriff in town. <laughs> you know, the only God on planet Earth is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Did you catch that? That's right. I'm going to read it to you one more time. This is where we started this train. 2 Corinthians 5.10 We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Ladies and gentlemen, when you see this wickedness being played out before you, I want to remind us all tonight, they will give an account. I'm talking to you about time and eternity. They will give an account, and so will we. Are you still with me tonight? So we're going to read out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, a very familiar passage where Solomon, King Solomon writes. And I'm in verse 1. He says that to everything there is a season. And there's a time for every purpose that's under heaven. I should write a song. Anyway, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. It's called harvest, right? There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. There's a time to break down. There's a time to build up. There's a time to weep. There's a time to weep. And there's a time to laugh. I like that too. I love to laugh. A time to mourn. There's a time to dance. There's a time to cast away stones. There's a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace. There's a time to refrain from embracing. Now, that's not biblical social distancing. But anyway, there's a time to gain. <laughs> and there's a time to lose. There's a time to keep. And there's a time to throw away. There's a time to tear. There's a time to sow. There's a time to keep silent. There's a time to speak. There's a time to love. There's a time to hate. There's a time of war. And there's a time of peace. What profit has the worker from which, which, with which he labors? I have seen the God-given task of the sons of men to be occupied. For he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except no man can find out what the work that God does from beginning to end. And I want to highlight that, that verse 11, how God made us eternally to be eternal beings, eternal sons and daughters of God. God has set eternity within the hearts of every individual that is in this room. Yet we can't see the fullness of time and distinguish and discern accurately everything from beginning to its end. We are in a divine, uh, let's just call it a divine spoken word of God. A word that has been spoken by God that He is watching over His word to perform. Because when He speaks forth a word, it never returns back unto Him void. But it accomplishes all that He sends it forth to do. So God sets eternity within the hearts of men and women. You are pregnant right now with eternity. Though you may not be able to fully articulate it, you are pregnant with eternity because you are a spirit being. You are made in the very image and in the very essence of God. You understand spiritual dynamics. You understand the mind and the will of the, of the Spirit by the Spirit of God. You understand the things coming and emanating out of the deep places of the Father's heart because the Holy Spirit is revealing it to you. You have the ability to perceive and understand eternal things deep in the core within you. 
You have the ability to hear the eternal voice of God speaking within you, leading you as a, a still small voice. Yet as it, it is eternity whispering to you in your ears, in the ears of your heart. There is a time that is drawing close. Hear me, my friend. There is a time drawing close where the books of history, the books of history, they're going to be written and they're going to be closed. The books of history, they will be written, they will be closed. The applause of men, they will be over. The agenda of men in the earth will be forever silent. And it will be over. But there will be something else that will be opened. It is called the book of life that is in heaven. And it will be opened. I want you to go to Revelation chapter 20 with me. Revelation 20. Y'all with me? Five of you. Praise the Lord. Y'all with me? When I look at the temporal, when I see what is happening before us, oh, you better believe in the secret place. Yes, I am in that place of intercession, calling out the full exposure of wickedness upon them. And I am calling out their judgment upon them. But I'll tell you, there's something overarching what is going on in my spirit. I'm two years from 50 right now. I remember growing up in the church. I remember being taught the word of the Lord. I remember being taught about the coming of the Lord. That in our lifetime, we could potentially see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom to planet earth. I fast forward all of these years later. A husband, a father, a leader. I look at the world in this hour. And I'm telling you what, folks, my spirit stands at attention. I am looking for eternity to be crashing into time. I am looking for the promised one that though he has delayed, he said, I don't even know when I'm going to have authorization to come back. It is only my father in heaven that's going to say, now, son, you have total authorization to go and receive your beloved bride unto yourself. He is coming just as he promised. He will come just as he promised. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have a cry on the inside of you that's saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. And if you're just stuck in all of your prophecy books and Apostle Billy Bob said this and Prophet Billy Bob said this. And if you don't have something burning in the core of you, knowing that the son of God, the son of man, the son of Abraham, the son of David is drawing near to come and get his bride. Something's wrong. He's coming. Can I just shoot straight with you? I may, I may just need to get right up here in this camera tonight. I don't know what I need. I just need to come and get some of you tonight. Can I, can I tell you, 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 can go to, you can go to all the prophetic conferences around the country these days. Is this all right to just come and get you? You, you can go to all the prophetic conferences, all, all the Brother Big Mouth and Brother Big Bucks that's written dozens of books. Go to their prophetic conferences and let me tell you what you will not hear. You will not hear them telling you that the coming of the Lord is drawing nigh to the earth. They'll tell you their dates. They'll tell you the dates when this is going to happen. Dates when this is going to happen. More revelation on the apostolic. More revelation on the prophetic. But you never hear them pointing to Jesus himself drawing to come and get his bride. I'm going to tell you what. There's something wrong with that. Don't shut me down. You got prophets out there saying, this ain't the time. 
for the end times. We're not in the end times. I'm telling you what, if there's anyone who's lost, that's lost. I'm serious. You listen to prophetic voices, apostolic voices. You don't need to be looking for the Antichrist. It's not even that time on the earth. Are you out of your mind? You can't even judge the signs of the times in this hour and understand what is crashing into planet earth and going through all of these birth pains and not know. Not even be able to know. His coming is imminent. See, folks, there's something burning in the marrow of my bones. We were created for this hour and this time in the earth. We were created for this time. The greatest time of human history when Jesus Christ will make his glorious, most epic return for his children. I'm not impressed with somebody who can call you out, you know, and just tell you whatever. Tell them that Jesus is coming again. All right. I'm working this church the best I can. I'm I'm bringing it to you the best I got tonight. Folks, when, when, when it's all said and done, you know what there is? There's either eternal joy and celebration or eternal damnation and judgment. We're coming into the dawning of a brand new age, folks. And if Jesus ain't the centerpiece of our movements, what in the world are we doing? Revelation chapter 20. We're going to read some scripture here. This is big stuff. This is big time. Everybody say big time. Yeah, this is big time. (laughs) This is big time. Then I saw a great white throne. Him who sat on it. From whose face the earth and heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. I saw the dead. The small, the great. Standing before God, the books were open. Here we go. You ready? The books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. How many, how many would just guess? Do you think heaven's books are accurate? Okay. Okay. So there's more than five. We, we agree tonight. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged according to their works. And then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation, turn a page, 21, in verse 1. Are you there? Tell me you're there, please. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Again, remember, all of this stuff, before we read anything else, All of the stuff that has plagued and tormented our minds and has stolen from us. All these people, all of these decades that have tormented the United States of America. Dynasties and families, you can name them. Sure you could. You watched them all stroll in for the inauguration. All of these people who have perpetrated such filth and stolen the very lifeblood out of this precious nation. They have afflicted the souls of this nation. They have afflicted the souls of our precious innocent children. 
slaughtered and butchered our babies. The day's coming. That day's going to be done. all over. It's going to be all over. All of their demonic inspired agendas to rob the beauty of this life away from us. It will be gone. I saw a new heaven. I saw a new earth. Man, can you imagine the Apostle John? What an encounter. There was also no more sea. And then I, John, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And then, then, ah, then, he who sat on the throne, he said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all these things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving... The abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Jump down to verse 22. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Man, are you feeling this? It's like fire in my bones up here. The city had no need for the sun or the moon to light it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut up at all by day. There shall be no night there. They shall bring their glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means, watch, enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. How many of you are... Looking forward to that right there. Let's read that. Let's read 27 again. I see that right over there. But there shall by no means enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. Here it is again. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. My friend, my friend. The disciples came back from doing the works of Jesus. They were flexing. They were, I mean, they were Schwarzenegger in it, putting out their chest, popping their calves, doing it. Check me out. I was casting out devils. Devils were listening to me. I was throwing them here. I was throwing them left. I was throwing them right. I jumped off the top rope. I put on my feather boa. I brought down my, my elbow down on this one demon. It was, it was cataclysmic. It was crazy. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. I'm stretching it. They were, they were saying, Jesus, the demons are subject to us. Just like you said, just like you commissioned us to go out and do your works. And Jesus amazingly seemed like a high wet blanket and said, oh, 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 oh. don't, don't, don't rejoice that demons are subject to you. And they're like, 
what? What? He goes, no, no, no. Don't rejoice over that, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You know what I heard? The first thing that I heard when I woke up, Mark, when Brent already climbed out of bed early in the morning, I was laying there just rustling under my pillows. And I rolled over. I looked at the ceiling. And my mind started trying to race into all the filth and all the garbage and all the chaos that goes on in this country. And the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks. It was almost audible. And I heard the Lord say, Son, rejoice that your name is written in my book in heaven. I'm telling you, we are to be untethered from time. We are to be creatures right now who are so set free from the abominations and the filth that we see going on in this land and this world. We should be men and women who are walking in the realm of eternity and in the light of eternity, knowing that his kingdom is drawing nigh. I am about to see Jesus come face to face. I am about to behold the one with fire in his eyes. The very lamb of God is going to be commissioned from his throne in heaven and he's going to hear his father say go get your bride son he's coming he is coming he's coming and nothing can stop it. And while these yahoos and deceivers and idiots who have so betrayed our country think they're so powerful, their day of reward is coming. That's right. And unless they repent, unless they repent, they'll be thrown right into the lake of fire with Lucifer himself. There are days, listen, <laughs> oh boy, there are days that I just set my heart on rejoicing that Satan is going to burn forever in the lake of fire. I'm telling you, I hate everything the devil is. I hate what he does. I hate all the evil that he spawns. I hate his deceptions. I hate his manipulations. I hate his, his propaganda. I hate what it's done to this country and the world. There's coming a time, folks. This age is going to wrap up. Daniel the prophet was told to seal up a scroll. He said at the, at the end of days, the time was going to come. That seal was going to be popped and knowledge was going to increase and spawn like never before. And the earth was going to be transformed. Transformed. Listen, we're sitting... In 2021, think about what the United States looked like in the year 1901 and where we're at today. Think about the increase. It used to be said that knowledge would, would increase and double every year and a half. Now they say knowledge increases and doubles every 90 days. It's extraordinary, ladies and gentlemen. The world is changing so rapidly. So rapidly. But what we must be caught up in is the eternity within us that God has possessed us with within the heart of every man and woman. God has set eternity within your hearts. Yet no man can even begin to understand and discern his work from beginning to end. We are not prisoners to time. We are not prisoners. We are not held slaves and captive by time. I'm not on Nancy Pelosi's time. No, 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 no. I'm not on her time. 
I'm not on Washington, D.C.'s time. No, 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 no. My king made the earth. He told me I'm going to inherit it. That's right. The future does belong to the righteous. It does not belong to these God haters and God mockers, my friend. I'm talking to you about time. I'm talking to you about eternity. Jesus is coming. Should we waste more time arguing with one another in the body of Christ concerning our eschatology charts? Oh, gag me with a spoon. Come on. No, get over it. Folks, he's coming. We're on the precipice of seeing some extraordinary things. And I'm about to just, I've rounded third and I'm running to home and I'm going to slide head first. Here's, here's what I believe. I believe we're about to see extraordinary exposure and righteous judgment hit America and the nations. I believe we're about to see the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God. The revival of all revivals. The works of Jesus being on display in every man and woman and child. Us manifesting the kingdom with power and demonstration. The Holy Spirit ushering us into the greatest harvest of souls, sweeping, taking entire cities, taking entire regions, shifting nations from being goat nations to sheep nations. I believe we're in the time, a transcendent time of transformation before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are racing towards an epic crescendo. What I'm praying that you receive tonight is an eternal gift, an awakening of what is truly eternal so you can let go of what is temporal. Let go of what is temporal. So that we don't allow these things or these people to torment us any longer. Or have, have space up in our head rent-free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You all okay? I'm going to close with a scripture. And it's a good closer. Oh, it's a good closer. Anybody want it? <laughs> I am hungry. Second Chronicles 16, 9. And many of you know it and you love it. And let's decree it together. For the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Isn't that powerful? The eyes of the Lord, they roam the earth to and fro, seeking whose hearts are loyal unto him. So why? So that he might show himself strong on their behalf. I pray the eyes of the Lord finds us and God kiss us, kiss us with your glory and presence. God has a dream about revival and awakening to this region. We need to be a people who are not captive to time, but are living for eternity, living for the souls of men to be saved and harvested in this hour. God wants to thrust victory into the harvest field, into the Lord's delight and joy in this hour to see a transformed city and region. This is our time. I want you to stand. We're going to move into prayer for our country in the next few minutes.
We're going to transition. If you're in this room, under the sound of my voice, and tonight you need to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. Tonight is the night. Oh, my dear friend, my dear friend, tonight is your night to give your life to Jesus. You do not want to leave this campus without making this decision tonight. Make Him the Lord of your life. Tonight is the night of salvation. Tonight is the night to make Jesus your Lord. Tonight is that night. Do not leave here without making that commitment. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Cody, would you come? Thank you. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit's movement upon us tonight. Those of you that are listening live tonight. I remind every one of you tonight, you will stand before the throne of God. And you will give an account for your life. You will stand before the judgment seat of God. And you will give an account. Tonight, if you've never made Jesus your Lord, make him your Lord tonight. You simply open your heart and your faith and your trust and say, Lord, come into my life. Lord, I give you my heart tonight. I make you my Lord and Savior. I commit this night from this night forward to serve you, to follow you, to love you. In Jesus name. If you're here tonight and you would say, Brian, that's me. Brian, that's me. I'm making Jesus my Lord tonight. I'm making Jesus my Lord. I'm making the commitment tonight. If that's you, I want you to just wave at me so I can see you. If you're in the room tonight and, and you're here, you're saying, yes, Brian, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you that it takes simple childlike faith. our hearts to be open to you. I thank you for those that have made this commitment tonight, Lord, or perhaps it's a recommitment, Lord, a recommitment to say, God, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my heart tonight. Lord, I seal this commitment tonight by the Holy Spirit. Those that have prayed this prayer this night in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands to the Lord tonight? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Fill us. Baptize us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, quicken us and awaken us to the hour at hand. Holy Spirit, awaken us to what is really happening in the earth realm. And Holy Spirit, awaken us to the stirring and the preparation in heaven. That they are preparing heaven for the bride. They are getting heaven ready for the bride. For the beloved bridegroom, the Son of God. Lord, awaken us. Awaken us, God, to the beauty and the wonder of our inheritance. Save us, Lord, from being deluged and overtaken and drifting in a sea of worthless debris what is going on in this nation. Lord, save us from everything that is trying to steal us away from you. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us to the revelation of what is happening in the heavenly realms, Lord. That your myriad of angels and myriad of angels throughout the earth are preparing 
themselves for the harvest of the nations. The harvest has come. The harvest has come. The harvest has come. Lord, I thank you that you are thrusting us into a work of interaction between men and angels. And angels and men. And men and angels. And angels and men. To be thrust into the harvest field, Lord. That souls are coming forth, Lord. The harvest of the age is coming forward now, Lord. And Jesus shall receive His full reward. Thank you, Jesus. You shall receive your inheritance, King Jesus. Oh, it is yours. It is yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lift up some praise to the Lord tonight for His Word. Tonight, if you have an unction in your heart to get into this altar, I want you to slip out from where you're at and come forward because we're going to begin to pray. You're welcome in these altars tonight. But if you feel a burning in your spirit, a burning, I want you to just come right up in the altars. Get right up here in the front because we're going to go to prayer. We're going to begin to pray over our nation. Hallelujah. Come. Come. For those of you that have to be dismissed tonight, we love you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.